0: meeting expectations, find ways to develop as an individual. We must continually learn. If you stop learning, you stop growing. If you stop growing, you start dying. But there's too much resources, there's too much resourcefulness in the world for that to happen. Keep pushing past your expectations and exceed them greatly. Thank you, Andrew, for joining the show and thanks to you for listening. Share the episode, tell your friends, and leave a comment so I know what your favorite part was. We'll see you on Monday with your credit coach, Chad Murray, and we'll see you on Friday with another episode of The Dash Podcast. You enjoy your day. This is The Dash. So Mr. Andrew, you are a man that, since I've known you in high school, really and truly, you've always been a man of burning passion and desire, and it still drips. You wear your heart on your sleeve. Where does that passion come from? Where does that burn come from?
1: I think my competitive nature. You know, I want to win. I want to be the best at everything that I do. I'm um, at an early age. One thing that my dad used to always tell me is be the head, not the tail. Mm. It's one phrase I can take from my childhood. It's that. Mm. And it's essentially saying you need to earn everything that, that you want. And you need to exceed expectations and go above and beyond to make sure that wow. you always put yourself in a position to be able to lead and not be a follower. So I think the competitive nature, kind of the expectation for my parents to be great. Okay. I think that's where you know, the foundation was laid.
0: Mm. That's pretty deep. Expectation is a, is a great word and expectations can do a lot of things. What are your, what are the expectations for your life right now? What do you, how do you set your standard today?
1: So for me, I'm always interested in knowing what the status quo is Mm -hmm. for any situation I may be in. So um, one example, when I first got my internship with Aldi District Manager Internship, one of the first things I wanted to figure out from people who've been working in the company, supervisors, anybody I could talk to was what is expected mm. of a district manager. And then I made sure that I modeled myself in a way to where I exceeded what you expected me to do as an intern because that's what, it, it exceeded also what you'd want a district manager to do. Mm. And what that did for me is, it put me in a position to where if I didn't get the job opportunity, right. I would be okay with that because I knew I did everything in my power mm-hmm. to recognize what you want from me and surpass right. it, so I could leave feeling comfortable. If you if you chose not to to bring me onto your team, so I try to apply that same thought process and mindset and everything that I do, you know, from uh, relationships to business endeavors to anything in between. What is expected of me? Mm-hmm. What is the norm? And then what things can I do to surpass that?
0: Now, one of the things those are those are expectations. Sometimes they get hard to meet, man. Where do you keep? The fire to burn and turn and do that. So those are those are, I'm gonna say external and explicit. I don't know if they're external and explicit, but what are some of the internal factors that that keep? Because sometimes you don't want to wake up for some of those things. I maybe not you, but me, I don't want to wake up every day. What keeps you driving there?
1: You know, it's innate. It, I guess like it's, it's embedded in my DNA. Honestly, it's um, it doesn't take much for me to get fired up. Okay, it doesn't take much for me to get passionate. I just like to speak it into existence. Okay. I I could be playing 2K, for example, and I know the person I'm playing is really good, but I'm gonna let you know from the beginning, like I'm about to win, (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm almost pep talking myself. Okay. Because I hate losing so much that I need to speak it into existence before it even starts, and that that it's almost like uh, stretching and warming up for the game. Like, mm. all right, be ready to back up what you said now. Okay. Uh, you know, I try to apply that as well.
0: That's, you know, that that's really deep. One day I was writing down, and you'll hear it in a lot of, of speeches, but one day I was writing down, I heard Tony Robbins say, why won't you follow through? And write down the five reasons why, and I was like, shoot, man. I had like, I heard it a year before, so I had time to actually think about it in my head. And one of the reasons that I, I said I won't follow through and that many people won't follow through is because they're afraid to win. Not because they're afraid to lose, but they're afraid to win. But from that statement that you just said, you're, you're afraid to lose. So, And that's that's what's driving you to want to win. What, when did you become aware that that wasn't a fear? Most people are fearful. I, I am fearful of winning because I, it's hard to see what life is really like on top. When were you aware that you were a king and a lion.
1: I would say probably early on, maybe elementary. Okay. When sports became really prevalent in my life. Hmm. I realized that you do these drills, you practice, but at the end of the day, there can only be one winner. Okay. There's only be one one person that gets to be excited after the game. Uh.
0: There's
1: only one person or on one team that can leave, you know, that hard fought battle, feeling yeah. accomplished. And to me, there's nothing to fear about that. That's what you worked for. I like what that. It's what you ran the suicides for. That's what you did the defensive drills for so at the end of the game is to win. So I think sports really provided that layout for me to realize that, all right, you put work in so you can win. Mm-hmm. But if you don't win, then you fail. And obviously wow. there's things you, that can be gained from from failure. And you can always bounce back. But for me, I, I put my all into everything that I do because I want to win. I want to be the last man standing
0: That's deep. See, I don't... That's... I think that is the nature of of competition and knowing that you you put the blood, Theodore Roosevelt is the man in the arena who counts, not the critic who's out in the stands comparing himself. You know, by putting yourself in the arena, just trying, just going in the arena and giving everything you got, that is the victory. You either win or you learn. There's not really a way to lose. I don't think, for myself, I was a weird football player because I'm... I'm not mad on the inside. I'm a nice dude on the inside. I got a good heart, and football is a violent sport. And I played it at a Division I level, so it was a mental battle for me every day. I had to sit in my locker and prepare for 20 minutes to get ready and go hit people. I, I swear I swear to you, like I would contemplate why in the world am I beating my body up like this. It hurt so much, I couldn't get up some days. But it wasn't until my senior year until I was fed up and was like, look, man, Trey, you ain't played in two years. You only played special teams last year. It's not the coaches. It's you. You got to to work. And that's the time, that's the first time that it, that it hit me, Trey, that you don't wait till the last rep to give everything you got. You give everything you got on every rep, and I, w- I would die at rep eight out of 12, but the next time I would get 12 out of 16, and, and eventually I would win first place out of every one, and I became a starter that season, and I accelerated because – I prepared for my victory. Um, that's pretty dope. That expectation, does that come from having Nigerian parents? I know your, your parents are strong in your life and they've built a lot of things. Where do, where do your parents influence your expectation for that standard?
1: It's huge, man. I, I think I, I owe a lot of credit to my parents, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of paint the picture for you. Imagine growing up in a third world country. That's what they did in Nigeria no steady flow of electricity. Wow. I mean, you're walking everywhere, roads are terrible. I mean, you name it, those are the conditions my parents grew up in. You know, I think I, I come from a really large family. Mm. Nobody else in my entire family is made to the United States. Not one. Mm. Several brothers and sisters on both my parents, my dad and my mom's side, and nobody is unfortunate enough to make it to America, let alone wow. make it, but then also be considered as successful from you know very successful from american standards so i think the times where i've gone back to nigeria and i've seen my parents mm. hometown and it really hits home like wow this is the environment they came from wow. I mean, they truly started from the bottom so i understand their mindset i understand how they approach everything and why they approach that and i think for me it's like i have no excuse you know if, mm. if my parents were able to do that my dad was able to accomplish all that he could accomplish. Another motivating factor for me is I've got to be better. Right. I've got to top what he did. Wow. And he did a lot. He did a lot. So I need to do at least what he what he's done right mm. now in his life at half the age, basically. I,
0: I want I want to stick to that one. And that that's great because I, I brought up at first I was wondering how I got started on parents after talking about football, but I realized <laughs> how much my father and my mother helped me through that process and where I kept the expectation to build the standard on top of it. With that, holding your expectation to your to your parents' standard, my father has almost told us the opposite in saying that he's proud of everything that we do. And I understand that. And in my head, I'm thinking the same thing. I want to, my dad, okay, he's this. I know I got, I, that's at least in me, kind of that level of standard. But what do you really mean by, I have to do at least what he's done? What, do you have to do the same thing that he's done? Or what do you mean?
1: No, I've got to do it my way. Okay, you know I've got to do it in a in a very unique way. But I need to influence as many people as he has, if not more. Mm. I need to reach a certain level of success, whether that's with family and and your offspring and what they accomplish, right? Uh, how you're how you're looked at by your peers, the type of respect he gets. Those are things growing up that you kind of take for granted. But as you get older, you're like, yeah. wow a lot of people would come to my parents for advice. A lot of people would, would come to our house on the afternoon and we'd have to go upstairs because they, they want my parents to give them marriage advice mm. or business advice mm. or health advice, financial advice, all types of stuff. And when you get older, you start realizing wow. the impact that they've had on others. And that's something you want to do as well. For sure. You know, I want to be able to influence people with, with the things that I've been blessed to um, to be knowledgeable on and the experiences no that I have. And I think they do a tremendous job of giving back and that's something I'm definitely trying
0: to emulate mm, that's pretty dope that's real, the secret to living is giving, upon your reflection and as you think about those times what moment stands out in your life as being the most memorable lesson
1: most memorable lesson hmm. so there's two the first one was when I was 9 years nine years old um, I had an older brother, Steven mm-hmm. uh, he passed away at the age of 12, uh, after we went to Nigeria for a wow. three week trip, he got malaria while we are there. Shoot. He came back to the United States, and uh, they initially thought he had the flu. So mm. they're treating him for the flu. Um, all the while, he actually had malaria, so they weren't helping the issue at all. And he ended up passing away from that situation. And one thing I remember about that time was thinking we go to church every weekend. My parents are always active in the church. They always make sure that we're praying, things, things of that nature. And I'm thinking, why would God let a 12-year-old wow. go? Why Why would? Why did he feel that that was necessary? So there is a time in my life where I gave up on God. I said, why am I doing all this? Mm-hmm. And as a result, he can do something so, so tragic to a family that serves him. Wow. And I remember my parents responded to that situation. They donated hymnals to the church get brand new hymnals to mm. the church and, and they did it in memory of Stephen's name Wow! and that was a pivotal moment for me in my life because I said wow you know and, and then Job they say you know though he slays me I will trust in him and wow. that was the verse that they put wow. in the hymnal and that let me know that Dang. regardless of what happens in life you've got to trust God you got to trust Jesus and everything that, that wow. comes your way and honestly I think from that moment we've been we've been blessed immensely from it so mm. that, that is definitely um the first big turning point in my life, I think, um, that really made me yeah. the person I am today. And I'll tell you the second one was probably in 2013 when I first went to visit the hospital. My parents created a hospital in their hometown mm. in Nigeria. I remember walking around this massive area of, of buildings and just thinking like, wow, they they built a hospital. They're building a hospital. Not the richest people in the world. Right? They were just, they were just dedicated and it took over seven years Mm. It took over seven years for them to save up money and get the hospital completed. And after that trip, what I ended up doing was starting a, a scholarship. And uh, it was my way of saying, you know what, I've got to find a way to give back. If my parents can do this, I've got to start somewhere. I've, mm. I've been blessed enough, as it is as a young professional, I should be able to give back in some capacity. Again, trying to live up to to the expectation and the things right. that they've been able to do. So I started a scholarship at my chapter. Um I'm a member of Alpha Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Shout out to the bros. And that's, uh, Gamma made a chapter at Indiana University, and, and I started a scholarship there. You know, it's just $500 to start off with, and, and we give it out every spring to a, a deserving member of the chapter who maintains mm. a global 3.0 and somebody who overcomes obstacles and things of that nature. And that's been my way to, to at least get something, Yeah. Uh, I would say, concrete to be able to give back. So those are probably the two big things to to answer your question. Mm-hmm.
0: So in in those because there's a there's a time frame there. What humps did you face along the way, kind of with yourself? Because there's there's battles there until I feel like that's a you know a beginning point with what happened with your brother and another. I feel like those are two very different turning points. What happened to you in between those periods? Honestly,
1: I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed. I I truly feel like. You know, when my brother passed, God was trying to figure out, am I going to continue to trust him? And for a while, I didn't. But the moment I decided to trust him, I felt like that's when the blessings started pouring out. Mm. And doors just kept opening left to right, whether that was success in sports, whether that was getting wow. into my dream school, Indiana University, having the opportunity to play football and me deciding that I didn't, did not want to play uh, to get into the Kelly School of business, to my internship, my job, you know, opportunity with Aldi, to to everything in between, I feel like he continues to open doors because of that decision I made at an early age. Uh, so I really can't complain, man. I, I've, I've truly been blessed, and I'm appreciative of it. How do you
0: how do you apply that? How do you? I'm I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I'm wondering how do, how do you teach somebody to have faith, or how do you show someone what faith is? Like, what does that look like?
1: So I think it starts by being, by modeling that yourself. So what does that mean? That means, you know, in high school, if you're getting interviewed after the game for having a 20 point game, and they give you the microphone to speak, how soon are you giving praise to God? How soon are you deflecting the credit and acknowledging your parents or the people around you, your support system, your teammates, whatever it may be? You know, when you have opportunities like this to be interviewed, how soon are you making sure that people realize it's not me who mm-hmm. really haven't done anything? I've just been the mm-hmm. vessel that God has used to influence other people in a positive way by letting them know right. if you trust in God and you work hard, you can accomplish anything.
0: That's my favorite saying from, from Les Brown, and I've heard a lot of people say it, is, what is or how is none of your business? That's God's job. You figure out the, what you're doing and why you're doing it and then the how will kind of work itself out. So from your experiences, why did why why would you say, why do you do what you do?
1: I want to be as successful as possible.
0: And what's your definition of that?
1: My definition of success is being happy. Mm. It is accomplishing goals. It's being a leader. You know, it's being an entrepreneur. It's um, having the freedom and flexibility to do what your heart desires. Those okay. are some of the things that I correlate with success and they don't just stop you continue to develop more goals right you continue to try to seek success so I don't think one just accomplishes success and then you're there To say. it's a journey it's a journey and I think once you're able to enjoy the journey and choose to reflect on the journey and to have small wins and small victories along the way as opposed to just waiting to the very end for some big magical surprise that's when you're truly going to be happy that's
0: Hey man, that might be the realest thing I've heard all month. You know, <laughs> they there's so many problems looking for the destination. One of my favorite books is Herman is Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, and they talk about the first Buddha, and is going through his journey of finding enlightenment and Nirvana. And there comes a point, and he's like, "Look man, maybe you're looking so much, you that that you forgot to find the success is, is right here. It's the moment. It's the gratitude of right now. So essentially, the the journey." becomes the destination in a way. So I want you, you're speaking speaking a lot of metaphors, or I see on your website you've got a lot of metaphors, and because I know you, I want you to give me stories to match some of your metaphors. So you have discover passion, refine purpose, tell the story. What's that mean?
1: So everybody's passionate about something. Somebody gets this fire inside them for something. And what I try to assist people in doing is discovering what that passion is. What is that fire? I think that's a very important first step because once you know what you're talented at and what gets you going and what you would do for free, that's when you start being able to align that passion with a purpose. You know what I mean? So if if you're an artist and let's say you're a singer, okay, you're passionate about singing, you're good at singing, how can you use singing to now work for you and to make it purposeful? Mm. It means different things for different people, but that's a, that's the a line of thinking I feel like everyone needs to have. And that's when you can start telling your story. That's when you start writing what success is for you. What are your goals? What is your? How do you maximize your potential? That's kind of telling your story portion, mm. letting the world know, hey, I've discovered my passion. I figured out how it aligns with my purpose and once people figure that out you can hit the ground running
0: tell me your story tell me tell me how you discovered your passion refined it into purpose and how you're telling the story
1: so i love making money <laughs> you know what i mean it's, yeah i remember in high school getting money from my from my mom for lunch <laughs> and i would figure out how can i spend the least amount of money possible so i could save that money and use it for something else. Mm. You know, if I had a basketball tournament, I'm going away for the weekend, I got some money from, from my dad, what's the least amount of Gatorades I can get? <laughs> so when I come back home, I have more money than what I left left with. You know what I mean? Think, little things like that. I was right. always a saver. I was always thinking about ways to get <laughs> more money. And, and maybe it's a defense mechanism for just for trying sure. to be prepared for any kind of situation, trying to be self-sufficient, even though I didn't have a job. Yeah, Those are little things that I, I noticed at early age that I had a knack for just trying to find ways to get money. And then we talked about it a little bit earlier, the competitive nature. You know, sports was a big part of my upbringing, and it's something that kind of set the stage for me of, hey, if you're going to do something, be the best at it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a janitor, be the coldest janitor yes. that you've seen. Make sure that your building, your facility, your room, whatever you do is the cleanest thing that anybody has ever seen. That's what I feel like everyone needs to do, and that's when you start being able to have maximum impact because although you may not be where you want to be or you're not in your ideal situation, mm-hmm. you're going to stand out for the right reasons mm-hmm. because of things like work ethic and um, and things of that nature.
0: How have you... Now, there's your passion. We boiled that thing up. How did you refine that? Focus, how did you focus that into who Andrew Denny is right now.
1: So, you know, kind of playing off of what we talked about earlier about being the head not to tail. I realized I need to be in leadership. Okay. I realized that I I had a knack for giving people good advice and people would come to me for advice frequently and I realized that the advice I would give if they would take that, Mm. it would end up being successful most of the time. And then when they didn't take it, a lot of times people would come back to me saying, you were right, I should have listened. So I realized early on that, hey, I need to be in a leadership position um, early on. So I, I had to think about how can I combine all of those passions and that's when Indiana University was kind of coming about and they had one of the best business programs in the country, the Kelly School of Business. So, you know, I applied to, to get into the Kelly School of Business and I think um, picking my major of entrepreneurship and corporate innovation, you know, at the time that I started the program, uh, they were number one in the country. And again, the competitive nature in me was, hey, I can be able to graduate from a top-notch business school. Mm. This can put me in a position to be a leader for whatever job I get until I do start my, business, my own business and I'm able to be self-sufficient from that. Um, and I can be able to influence people at the same time. So that was kind of an intersection for me, of, right. of an area of study that would set me up for a future of being able to do what I'm okay. passionate
0: about. Okay, okay, are you liking where you're at right now?
1: I love where I'm at, I love where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm currently a district manager for Aldi Foods. It's, a, it's an outstanding company. They put me in a position to where I can learn, where I can make decisions, where I can feel free. You know, I don't have my boss over my shoulder. Mm. You know, every every day checking in at my work, I'm able to be empowered to do what I like to do. Right. In my opinion, it's one of the closest things to truly being an entrepreneur. So I do love my full-time position, but then also I also have things I'm doing on the side as well. Right. You know, trying to set myself up for a future of not having a boss and right. being the only person that I necessarily need
0: to answer to outside of my customers, of course. No doubt, no doubt. How do you, what do you do to be able to tell your story? You culminating that, and I know one of the things that Travis said is that he's working on building his credibility and visibility now so that when it's time to tell his story, he'll be able to, to share that message. What's the message that you're trying to share with the world?
1: The message, I, just, I want people to be inspired. I want people to be passionate. I want people to be motivated. And I want people to understand that anything is possible. You know, and if I can lead by example and be some somebody that shows that through my actions and through the accomplishments I have and that helps one mm. person, I'm happy. Okay. You know, if I can give somebody a technique a perspective, or perspective or a way of thought that improves their situation, then I'm happy in that situation. I'm going to continue to do things to develop myself. Okay. Obviously, you know whether that's through education or, or within my career, or even with entrepreneurial endeavors. Those are always going to be things that that I'm looking to do, um, you know, in the future and even currently.
0: Okay, okay. So, all right, we right gonna put you on the spot then. I need some some tools, some techniques, and thoughts. I need three of them. I'm I'm a young man. <laughs> I'm trying to come up. I'm trying to make it. And Andrew, I need your help, man. I see some of the things that you're doing and. and I need you. I need three I need three words of wisdom from you. What do you have for me?
1: I would say network. It's one of the biggest things I'll tell you. Get outside of your comfort zone and and find people who are going to make you better. Who are going to influence you in a positive way. You know what I mean? It, your circle says a lot about you. Get a solid circle around you. That that would be a big one. Now find ways to continuously develop as an individual. Whether that's through school, Programs, books, podcasts, whatever it may be, you need to continuously learn. I think the moment you stop learning, you stop growing, and the moment you stop growing, you start dying. Mm. It's kind of how the way mm. is how I look at it. So, I think it's very important. And um, for a third one, just be the best version of you you can be, in whatever whatever capacity. Just be the best version of you and get better every day, and you're going to be well on your way to being successful, whatever that definition means for you.
0: Exceeding expectations. Find ways to develop as an individual. We must continually learn. If you stop learning, you stop growing. If you stop growing, you start dying. But there's too much resources, there's too much resourcefulness in the world for that to happen. Keep pushing past your expectations and exceed them greatly. Thank you, Andrew, for joining the show, and thanks to you for listening. Share the episode, tell your friends, and leave a comment so I know what your favorite part was. We'll see you on Monday with your credit coach, Chad Murray, and we'll see you on Friday with another episode of The Dash Podcast. You enjoy your day. This is The Dance.